This is the Why We Travel Podcast, the podcast dedicated to those who want to explore the world on their terms. Each week, you'll hear from amazing travelers and experts sharing their best travel stories from the road. Listen to their unique travel experiences and get insider tips about their favorite destinations. Whether you're an experienced world nomad or just getting started, this podcast will inspire you, improve your travel skills, change the way you travel, and motivate you to get out and see the world. Discover the art of independent travel and meet fellow travelers in our online community. Now, let's get into it with your host and world traveler, Claus Louder. Welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Why We Travel podcast. Today we want to talk about a very interesting topic which might not be on everyone's list. We want to talk about the mental health benefits of traveling. And there is probably a lot of them and maybe some that you won't really think of in the first place. On the show today as a guest, I have Natalie. Natalie is a digital nomad from the UK. She has spent the last six years traveling, studying and working abroad. So it's safe to say that she's a travel addict. She also has recently completed her studies in psychology and she has a strong feeling for connecting culture, travel and mental health together. So that's something we want to look into. Hi, Natalie, how are you today? Very well, thank you. Glad to be here. Natalie, first question I always ask is, what's your first memory as a traveler back in the time in your childhood? What made you a traveler? That's a really, really good question. So if you look at childhood, I was raised in a very travel-y family, should I say, very focused on travel. So I don't have maybe one specific memory because Every opportunity we had to go abroad, we did because that was really important to us. But in terms of the most memorable trip that I've had in maybe all my life, it would have been when I was 18. I just finished high school or in the UK, we call it college. So A-levels. Before I wanted to start studying, I took a gap year. So a year to travel by myself. So I started in Bangkok, Thailand. That was very memorable. Okay. That's a good place to start traveling, to be honest. One of my favorite cities. It was all the traveling and being a digital nomad and deciding on this very special lifestyle which a lot of people want to go there and don't know where to start, has its ups and downs. And I think talking about the mental health benefits and maybe also about the downsides is a good topic. So give me an idea what got you into, first of all, studying psychology and connecting this with traveling. So in terms of psychology, I was studying psychology in my A-levels because in our education system, we don't have it before the age of 16 normally. First thing I want to say is that what's interesting about studying psychology is that it's not really what people perceive psychology to be. They only think psychology is about mental health, whereas it's about being a human being, quite frankly, in every sense. So I just found it's really fascinating because from that age, I was starting to connect the dots. This connects to this and that that means that and starting to look at it more holistically. So that's why I chose to study it at degree level. Actually, my degree's focus was more in neuroscience and that gets even more fascinating, as challenging as it was to study it. It gets very fascinating because you can see more concrete evidence. So it's a really fascinating area, I would say. Okay. Now, as a traveler, not necessarily as a tourist, maybe also as a tourist, if you travel, you do your trip, you do your journey, you come back. And I always say you come back as a slightly different person when you left. Every journey, every trip gives you new impression, new experience, and there's just another person coming back. And with health benefits, I want to know what kind of positive impact you think traveling has on a person on a mental state. Yeah, absolutely. If we want to look at the brain as something which is 
on its own journey of evolution all the time. So it's constantly changing and adapting. And I don't know if you've heard of neural plasticity, but this basically means that with all new input from the environment, and based on what we already know as well, we keep on connecting new dots, connecting, oh, this means that this happens. And then because I did that, then this happened. So when we travel, when you think about it very logically, we are taken out of our regular daily life and regular things that we are seeing, people we're talking to, even down to the food that you eat or the bed that you sleep on. And you're constantly being refreshed. You're neurally constantly making these new connections all the time. So I think when you say you kind of come back like a new person, it is like a little refresh button because you're constantly engaging with something new around you and you've learned so much and your brain has changed in that process. Yeah. So I reckon that makes you a travel addict at some point. Tell me about if you're going out exploring new cultures, new societies, everything that comes with this new food. What kind of impact has that directly on the person? So um, that's also a really interesting one, which is why I'm super fascinated in culture in particular and mental health. We have been taught a set of ways since we were born, depending on the culture that you live in. And that can span from the history of the country to the values of the country to the habits of the country or more the culture. I mean, this really forms our day-to-day -day life. This really changes the way that we live and the norms that are around us. Now, when you go and experience another culture, one very contrasting to yours usually, we've heard of the term culture shock because it is a shock for a reason. There are things that are so deeply wired in us that are so new to us when we see them. But over time, what happens is kind of similar with what I was talking about before. With all of these new concepts and cultures, I think what's really lovely about that in terms of mental health specifically is that it gives you this opportunity to see, oh, I've been doing it this way my whole life, but actually this suits me a lot better the way that they do it. So as you go around to different cultures, you can start picking up all of these cultural habits or cultural mentalities that suit you as a person rather than you as a member of society. So you start to develop more in your sense of self. So you can almost see traveling can be medication if you're getting stuck in, I don't know, depression or something. Specifically, looking back at the pandemic years, a lot of people had mental health issues. Would you recommend going out in the world and like as a kind of prescription? Yeah, that's a very good question, actually. I'd like to refer to, without getting too technical, there is a concept called learned helplessness. And this was a study from a long, long time ago, where they saw this with dogs, where the dogs could not escape their pain, no matter how hard they tried. So they'd try to jump over the wall, they'd try to bark, they'd try to do this, they tried to do that. And they learned that they were helpless. And you can apply this to our regular daily life as well with humans, whether that's with studying, whether that's with friendships, whether that's with your romantic life or your work or your career. If you keep on trying and trying, and then you learn that you haven't really gotten anywhere, you didn't get those grades, you didn't get the friendships that you wanted or the romantic life that you wanted, you start to feel this helplessness and you give up. And that's where depression starts to set in. And there's a strong connection between the two. The reason why you could say kind of prescribing travel in a way could work because you're brought out of that lull and you're opening your world up to 
loads of more like of the possibilities. From my personal experience with travel, especially when I was 18, I was struggling a lot with interpersonal situations and friendships. And there was a lot of things going on in that aspect of my life. And for me, when I just traveled, I realized oh, damn, I'm traveling alone. So I need to start to talk to people that I've never spoken to before. And they're from different countries and they're from here, there and everywhere. And that kind of forcing really made me realize, okay, there's loads of different people that can suit you, or there's loads of different people that you can just spontaneously connect with. And it brings you out of this helplessness zone if that makes any sense. Totally makes sense. I think getting out of the comfort zone is a difficult task for a lot of people. The first step is the most difficult one there. Now tell me from your side, you did a lot of solo travel, I reckon. What's the first step for someone who has never done that and to get out of their comfort zone and to get started with that? You have been there, so maybe your experience will help them. For me, it sounds a little bit sad, but desperation, I suppose. I really needed to get out of my current situation, so that really drove me. But if you're not in that position, it sounds very cliche and very cringy. Just do it. And when I say that, I don't mean, oh, there's no worries. There's no anything. But the problem is when you think too much about something and when you think, even if you're hyping yourself up, even if you're like, yeah, I got this, I can do it. The problem is you're still thinking about it. If you're just packing your bag and maybe watching Netflix or doing something like that, you're not really thinking, oh, what about this? What if that happens? What about this? And maybe it's also start small. Don't commit to something huge because then it's overwhelming. Like when I was 17, I knew that I wanted to do this when I was 18. And I just took two or three day trip just because I'm half Croatian. So it was just across the border to Slovenia and Ljubljana. And it was my first experience in a hostel. And just getting the bus from... Croatia to Slovenia. I was like, oh my gosh, this is really nerve wracking. And then to think I got on a plane and went to Bangkok. So you've just got to take it step by step and don't put too much pressure on yourself. Okay. No, I think that's a very good trip. Don't start your round the world trip as your very first trip. Do it step by step in small bits. Traveling, obviously, we talked about the health benefits, but there might be also downsides, specifically as a solo traveler. Tell me a little bit about that. Quite frankly, it's a risk. I always say this, it's a risk everywhere in terms of safety and trying to learn on your journey alone how to keep yourself safe. Small things like when you meet people, initially tell them, don't tell them, oh yeah, I'm traveling alone. Oh yeah, I'm 18. I was doing that at the beginning. And then I started to realize that was a bit risky. Just telling them, yeah, well, right now my friend's traveling with me, but they've just gone for a two-day trip. They're coming back or something like that. I think that's the real challenge is to learn how to keep yourself safe. I mean, that's also a benefit because you can take that on in your life further. But in terms of kind of mentally, of course, the obvious one of loneliness and that's a big drawback because sometimes people hit that loneliness wall where they're just not connecting with anyone around them. They're kind of jealous of these people who are so compatible, seemingly, to travel together. And you just feel like, oh, why, why don't I have that? And the danger is then if you go home when you feel like that, you're going to kind of make your situation worse by confirming, oh, I didn't have anyone, so I had to go home. I had to give up. And I think just pushing past that point and just waiting it out a little bit longer and just being like, no, I feel lonely, but I'm just going to give it a good go. Those are the drawbacks, that loneliness feeling. But if you get past it, it changes you as a person. 
for sure. Okay, good tip there. I want to go a little bit deeper into that. I always say in every country, every place you are, there's always the good, the bad, the ugly. You might have good days, you might be in a good place, and so on and so forth. Now, if you're sort of struggling at some point, for what reason ever, what's your personal tip? Is How do you motivate yourself to keep going? I'll give one example of a moment where I really was ready to throw the towel in. I was going on a long boat trip from Thailand to Laos which is quite a famous long boat trip. So it involves an overnight stop. And this overnight stop basically is in the middle of nowhere with one long road. And the road has one hostel, one restaurant, and maybe three stalls. And while I was there, to cut a long story short, my passport, my cards, my money, and everything was stolen. Thank God, all I had was my phone. So at least I could contact people. But of course, with that went my tickets went the ability to buy new tickets. So I was practically stuck there. And as an 18, 19 year old to be stuck, not just in a foreign country, but pretty much in the middle of nowhere, my immediate reaction was I just sat on the side of the road after I tried to get it back and I just cried and cried and cried. And I had no way of getting out of that zone until this girl came along and she asked, is everything okay? Out of the kindness of her heart, she just said, hey, we'll keep in touch, but here's just 30, 40 euros from me. You can pay for your hostel tonight. You can have some food. Text me if you need anything. That really helps you in those moments. Just having a little bit of someone in the same environment, but maybe they can sympathize with you a little bit more. So reaching out to people and just talking to people that are around you really helped me to push me out of that zone. You really have to rely on that travel community. Yeah, I think that with this experience, it shows you that no matter where you are, there's always people helping you and the world is not as bad as the news tries to make it. <laughs> so, <laughs> <For sure. laughs> there's always yeah. helping something there. Now, From your experience traveling through all these countries, are there any countries that you would recommend to get started with so that it makes it easier to settle in, to get a feeling and feel the benefits of traveling faster than other countries, which might be more complicated? Well, yeah, for sure. It totally depends where you're from. What will be the least of a culture shock? So if you're talking about a European, I'm from England myself. So going to Southeast Asia was quite a culture shock, but also going somewhere like Europe, just traveling purely for the touristic pleasure of it, if that makes sense. So getting the balance between those two aspects is really difficult. So what I would recommend is maybe going, for example, if you're from Northern Europe, maybe going to Eastern Europe. That's immediately a bit of a different culture, a bit of a different feeling, or to a Mediterranean country that you've never been to before in a smaller town. And then once you've done that, then stepping it up a little bit, I think in terms of Southeast Asia, which I've traveled a lot, a very classic one is Thailand. Like we said already, that's where I started. And I think going to Bangkok is quite overwhelming. But going somewhere like Chiang Mai, I don't know if you know that it's still Thailand, but it's got this element of being a tourist. You don't feel as much of a shock as when I did when I went somewhere like Myanmar, which was a huge shock because there's barely any tourism there or where I was traveling. So I would say maybe somewhere like Chiang Mai, if you're taking that first step. I recommend Chiang Mai as well. Love the city. You're doing a project called Mind to Culture. Tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah, yeah. So that kind of connects with what I've been talking about. So about how culture impacts mental health. And that's a really ambiguous statement. I'll give some more examples. So currently I'm in Spain and I'm working on like a mini documentary about Spanish culture. Taking the example of culturally kind of physical contact, for example, 
is different in different cultures. In England, we are physically quite reserved. So if we're going to greet someone, we'll put out our hands to shake each other's hands. Whereas in Spain, it's a lot more like even just between friends, they'll hug each other. They'll give each other a kiss on the cheek. They'll lean on each other, just small things but a lot more physical contact. And that's very, very cultural. If you did that to a British person, they would kind of feel like, what are you doing? (laughs) Having those aspects of culture, for example, here in Spain, that increases the amount of oxytocin that's released, which is a hormone, which is hair bonding hormone. So it can lead to deeper, more intimate relationships with friends, family, romantically in every way. So just analyzing how do different elements of our culture and our upbringing actually impact our mental health. Because of course, the closer you are to people, the better your mental health generally. But of course, if you're too close to people and don't have your own boundaries, that can also be a negative thing. So as I'm traveling from different countries, I'm just exploring this concept. It's very explorative, basically. Okay. Where can people find more about the project and yourself? I have just started an Instagram account and it's Mind the Culture two underscores in between and also on youtube where i'll be uploading kind of more mini documentary style videos about each country's culture that i go into okay that sounds like a very interesting project to me i will put the links in the show notes and you're just one click away natalie thanks so much for giving us an insight from the mental health aspect of traveling i think everyone should think about that and where they stand in their journey and how they can basically get a better impact from traveling there. Thanks so much for your time. Thank you so much. Hey, Klaus here. Before you leave, I have a question. Are you a traveler? Do you have a favorite travel destination or favorite travel experiences that you would like to share with the world? Then become a guest on the Why We Travel podcast. Simply message me and I will get you all the details for becoming interview guest. And then we take it from there. That's it for now. I see you in the next episode and have a great day.